Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I am your hostess and your coach. My name is Nicole DeVincentis, a.k.a. Figachick911. Awesome, as always, to have you here with us. Tonight, gosh, it's been a while since I've done a podcast. Whew. Tonight, we're going to be talking to our people who are in service-related industries, and we're going to be talking about the topic of impact. Hmm impact, making an impact, having an impact on the people you serve, the people that you want to serve, (laughs) and having that impact be of a magnitude that you get a sense of fulfillment from it. Does that make sense? I think oftentimes, um, even speaking from personal experience, you go into a service-related industry because in your heart of hearts, you really, you want to help people, but more so you want to positively impact their life. And I know I see this all the time with, I come from a healthcare background, so I see this with my peers and I operate in the fitness world. And so, in fact, I was just having a conversation with a good friend of mine today and we were talking about goals. I, I said, well, what's your goal for the day? And, and he said to, to have impact, to make an impact. And when we dug in just a little bit deeper, what came out was instead of people who don't listen. And so if you're in a service-related job or industry, I understand what it's like when you're in there and every day you wake up with positive attitude and you're ready to go in there and help people transform their lives or change their lives or, again, impact their lives to a high degree and they're either not ready to receive your information, they're not fully committed to doing any of the work that it requires, and it's like you are pushing a donkey uphill. I would usually say pull, but I think pushing like you're behind it, just like trying to get them and they won't go. And it's like you say the same thing over and over and over and over. And I, this is how people become complacent in their jobs and, and, you know, your missions or your work or whatever it is that you're doing because it's like, why do I even waste the oxygen on this anymore and i i know exactly what you're going through but here's here's some important things that we've got to remember working in service related industries is that impact happens more often than you know it's i think oftentimes especially nowadays most people don't report impact that you have on their life, okay, because they take you for granted, Um, they don't even realize, you know, the magnitude of it yet, sometimes they don't realize it until years later, and then by that point in time, you don't live near them anymore, and it's like too late, but as you're in that service-related industry, like, it's a, you may get an occasional thank you, but it's not like that heartfelt, like, to the guts of you made a difference in somebody's life. And I know it's easy to get salty, okay? 
But here's here's a few things. Um, we're going to dive into what we call some iron versus iron coaching. And iron versus iron coaching is is telling you some of the things that maybe you don't want to hear. But they're essential for your growth. And they sharpen you. They sharpen your character. They sharpen your actions or your habits and even sometimes your beliefs. And while it burns a little bit sometimes when, when we say that, it, you as a coachable individual, it causes you to consider things a little bit different and view your situation from a different perspective. And oftentimes what happens following that is something called a breakthrough. And I was sharing this with my, with, uh, my friend this afternoon or this morning that usually major impact follows a breakthrough. So a breakthrough is like, let's say you have a belief about something and all of a sudden, like you just get this major, like an anvil on the head moment. And you're just like, Oh my God. And like, you feel so free. And like, it's just like you literally change and you're ready for the information. You're like jacked up about all this stuff. Like you're a completely transformed person and the teaching and the coaching that follows the breakthrough lands different because you become like an open, like a, like a sponge, like just ready and open for the information. And like, like you just want to like drink it all up. And that's, I believe when you're in service related industries, especially in the fitness world, that's what you're hoping to have happen or hoping to cause for that other individual. But typically it's not going to happen simply by us saying the same kind of things over and over and over again. Like you're up against a lot of factors in today's world. You know, people are busy. They're not people's attention spans. First of all, it's like shorter than a flea. So, I mean, to even get their attention for them to listen to what it is that you're going to say, like there's really nothing moving in your favor today unless you start to take some proactive action, okay? And rather than piecemeal, you know, how do you create a breakthrough for a client that you're already working with or maybe a patient or however the relationship, you know, whatever you you call it in, in the world that you come from, that if you can back the bus up and start showing up different for what we call qualification. Okay. Now when you coach and you train with me, I I'm wildly passionate about instilling strong, we call triaging skills, qualification skills in coaches and in trainers. And it taps into your sales ability as well. Because here's what I know, when you are fishing in a pond of people who do not want to change and do not want to grow, it's super easy for you to get salty. And when you're working in those environments where that's all that you see is people who really really are not completely goal oriented. They don't have a strong vision for the future. They really are only 
you know, buying your services or buying your product as a means to kind of like, you know, check something off their to-do list, or maybe they even really like you as a person and they enjoy their time with you. And that's that. But it's not like, let's say in the fitness world, it's not like they're prioritizing the fitness and are wanting to change their lifestyle. See, like two completely different uh, scenarios, two completely different people. So when you're doing this, excuse my yawn, from the get-go, is that when you're sitting these people down, it's very important for you in a consultative fashion to have some honest conversation about that other individual's goals and start to determine for yourself, are these people committed or are they just kind of like curious? Okay, big difference there. Committed versus curious. Are they serious or are they like seriously not serious? <laughs> you can tell. I mean, here's the thing. I think when you get a client, and I mean, let's just kind of like focus in on the fitness world here for a second because for the purpose of example, it makes much more sense. But put this in the context of your own world, that when you are getting paid to work as a personal trainer, a coach, or, you know, whomever in the fitness world, a group instructor, is that you have to have some sales skills about you. And I think oftentimes when you see somebody who's coming to you for help and, you know, you ask them what their goals are and they tell you what their goals are, I want to lose 30 pounds, I want to, you know, tone up my midsection, I, you know, build my shoulders out a little bit, like, okay, you can get these goals and all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is exactly what we have to do and you're ready to go. But the person isn't even like fully locked into the commitment, the time commitment that it would take to train, much less meal prep, much less do any sort of like stretching or myofascial release or, um, you know, rolling their, 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 body out with a foam roller or like they're not they're not committed there's no other word and so I think oftentimes though is when you're looking to like sign the contract and you want to get paid of course and like you're ready to go like it's really easy for you to gloss over what many times they're not even like subtle tells that they're not serious is like you okay let's do this This is what we're going to do but when you slow your process down just a little bit and you become very present in the moment, oftentimes what you're able to really pick up on and really distinguish is the fact that from the get-go, these individuals or this individual, if you're in a one-on-one -on -one consultation, like they're not serious. And then what happens is you start calling them, make sure that they're coming for their, their appointment. And then sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. And if you don't call to remind them, then they don't show up and then they're running 15 minutes late and then they don't eat. And then it's this and it's that. And it's just kind of like, you know, or even like, you know, better case scenario, like they're doing the steps. They're just not getting the results. And you're sitting there like, God, I wish I could just, you know, do more or have, you know, it, it gets boring and gets frustrating after a while and, and you want to do more. It comes back to your responsibility 
as a sales individual, which is essentially what this is, is to be able to hear whether or not these individuals are truly qualified to be working with you. As long as you like bring stuff to the table. Okay, this can't just be like you're, you really have no street cred whatsoever. But I mean, when you're solid and you know what you bring to the table, you've got proven results, all kinds of things. Like it's like you're just in the wrong pond. Well, I don't know where else to go. Like this is where my job is. You know, we don't, you know, necessarily go out and prospect. I get my leads. I get potential, you know, new clients, you know, are handed off to me from the people at the front desk. Like there's a little system there. But if you're not working with the caliber of individual, the caliber of athlete that you like drool over, then eventually you're going to have to stop and ask yourself a couple of honest questions. You know, one of which is, well, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) That you cannot expect them to change if they have no desire to actually change. And it's just frustrating. Meanwhile, inside, you're still filled with a whole lot of piss and vinegar. And you're ready to go and you're ready to impact. But what happens is you just, you know, it's you pushing the donkey all the time. Now, whether or not you're able to cause breakthrough for people on a consistent basis, you know, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. I think we all would like to be able to be somebody who causes an individual to have a major, like, holy shit, like, moment in their life and they're grateful, but don't negate the impact that you do have on people. Think about what I'm trying to say there. That you touch people in more ways than you probably ever even realize. My mom used to say that to me all the time when I was working as a nurse. and, And still now, many years later, she says to me all the time, Nick, you have probably touched more lives than you ever would even know. And me, as like the retired ear nurse, I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 I probably not. No, but you have, you know, and it's just whether or not the impact that you're having meets the expectation of the impact that you're seeking to, to cause or to, to instill. So this is also a difference. This is a difference in your goal setting. This is a difference between commitment and attachment. That when you commit to a goal, you have to actually unattach to the vehicle that you're using to achieve the goal. Okay, so impact stands alone. It doesn't always happen in this complete like life-changing, oh my God, and now I'm working out and I'm eating clean and dropping body fat left and right. Sometimes the impact that you have happens in a completely different dynamic of the life. But that's how fitness is, right? People face themselves when they're on the fitness journey with you. I think most people know how to be healthier. People know they got to move their ass and work out. Like it's not it's not rocket science. Where we come in as coaches and as trainers is to fill in some of like the tactical knowledge pieces like they need to know how things work or 
maybe different strategies for doing things, you know, changing up nutrition, this, that, and the other. But for the most part, they're there and their results are hinged upon they're facing their own demons or skeletons. You know, perhaps it's their pride and ego. It doesn't just affect them in the fitness world. Pride and ego most likely encroaches also in on their relationships. You know, how they talk to themselves. So how they view themselves, their, their self-worth, their self-confidence. Okay, they face themselves when they're coaching and they're training with us. Our job is to, you know, help them march through that stuff, come out the other end, stronger, bigger, better, badder <laughs> than they were when they went in. But I'm here to tell you, don't think for a moment that you don't make an impact because I know hands down that you do. That's what makes us like the sponge, right? Like we're totally dry and then somebody gives us a compliment and it's like, it's, it's like mud actually. Like before it's mud and the land is so dry, it hasn't rained for like two weeks. And then all of a sudden like this massive rainstorm comes in and it just like drops on the crops and the ground is so dry it can't absorb it that fast. So like the water just drips off of it. That's like some of us with compliments. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have to do? Like you've got to get in the habit of accepting the compliment. Just like the ground, you have to just drizzle a little bit of water on there, let it absorb, drizzle a little bit more, let it absorb before you can actually like aggressively, I guess aggressively or profusely water the, the crops because the ground will then absorb it once it's wet through and through, not when it's dry. But that's how it is with impact. That behind the thank you, or oftentimes behind the glimmer of somebody's eyes, you're going to know whether or not you've made an impact. It just may not be in the way that you had planned. Okay, that's the commitment not, I'm sorry, that's the attachment to a vehicle. That's not the commitment to the goal. Now, where do we go from here? Well, I don't know what your journey is. <laughs> I'm here to remind you that what you do totally matters. If God led you to it, you're operating in your calling, then your job is to stay the line and he's going to put you exactly where it is that you want to be and where he thinks that you should be. But when you wake up in the morning, it's also to remind yourself that you were given your gifts for a reason and that you make impact far greater than what you ever would imagine. Don't believe me? There's a little story. <laughs> Have you ever heard the story about the starfish on the beach? 
So for those of you who haven't, all right, there's a story about a little boy who's walking along this beach and a bunch of starfish got washed upon the the waterfront there, uh, the shoreline rather. And so this little boy started picking up the starfish and tossing them back in the water so that they wouldn't die. And there was this guy who, who knows who he was. He just came along and started saying, you know, you're, there's only one of you and you're doing this one at a time. It's not going to make that big of a difference. Because I guess like there's like thousands of starfish everywhere. And the little boy, as he was picking up each of these starfish one by one, said, well, it made a difference to that one. And that's how it is with the impact that you have. It may not be pomp and circumstance. It may not be this major cataclysmic, uh, transformational, life-altering sort of impact that you know you want to have happen. You know when you're thinking about it in your head. But how you affect and influence others while it often goes unspoken or unrecognized, don't you dare for one second think that what you do doesn't have an impact, because it does. Just by the nature of your wanting to stay in the game and come back day after day, shows a lot about your character your diligence, your perseverance, your commitment. That's an example to somebody. Maybe not to the client, maybe not to the patient or whomever it is that you're looking to actually impact. But when a stranger sees what you're doing, or the person you just started to date, or a coworker. It puts you in a position of power, back in your power, and it reinfuses you with that, that soul nourishment that I think all of us need when you're working in a service-related industry. So if nobody's told you today, number one, you're freaking awesome. Number two, you're total badass. And number three, you make a difference. So as you lay your head on your pillow tonight, get ready to drift off to sleep. Don't forget to check in with the big dude upstairs. Thank him for the day. Thank him for things, situations, people, your health. And when you come back in the morning, ready for another day, you open up your eyes, thank him for waking you up. Put yourself into a peak state. Have your breakfast, have a cup of coffee, and decide what level of impact are you ready to have on others, and who is your ideal client? And list it out, qualities, 
you know, coachable, teachable, open-minded, adaptive. So for you to find the ideal client, for you to have that massive of an impact, you have to first become very, very clear on who it is that you're looking for. So your homework, <laughs> just in time for next time, is to list that out, your ideal client. And the specifics around the type of impact that you want to have or make on the people that you encounter. Short podcast tonight. Thank you so much for all of you, to all of you rather, for joining us. This is Nicole DeVincentis signing off for the evening. We'll catch you next time. Take care, everybody. All right, so here's where we're going to add what we call our iron versus iron coaching when it comes to impact, okay? Now, as a reminder, or if this is the first time that you're on our podcast, iron versus iron coaching is a way to deliver a little bit sharper detail to be able to chisel in and dig out some of the details that, again, sometimes are a little painful to receive. I promise you they are delivered out of love what happens on the opposite side is that you typically have a breakthrough and you're able to all of a sudden get like major results or move really, really quickly where you had more or less been spinning your wheels and spinning your wheels, not making any progress or just playing out feeling stuck. Okay. So when it comes to impact, here's what I'm going to invite you to try on. Okay. And again, we're talking about impact. You know, how do you feel that you're giving impact? What's impact all about, especially when you're in a service related industry? Now, remember, I myself come from service related industries. I mentioned in the last segment that it was strictly healthcare, but my whole entire life has really been one of service. Um, I started taking care of people when I was four. <laughs> and uh, those are my younger siblings. And then shortly thereafter, my stepdad was diagnosed with cancer. So we had very early exposure to cancer care that lasted for, gosh, like 16 years after that. And then I was, I always worked in like the restaurant industry, food industry, bartending. That's how I paid for nursing school. And then nursing and then teaching. And, you know, now I, I transitioned into health and fitness and still working in the capacity of a coach, regardless of whether this is individual, group, or agency level, it's still service, okay? So trust me, when I, when I drop this anvil here, like, there's a lot of soul searching and, and course correction I had to do in order to be able to feel comfortable to, oh, well, I'm not standing in front of you. If I was standing in front of you, I would be, but I guess speak to you through the waves of podcast as it pertains to um, levels of impact. And what this really has to do with is, how do I say this? How, okay, here's what I'm going to say. How do you get validation? All right, this is an important thing for you to ask yourself when you're in service-related industries, jobs. Okay, now, 
when you overthink this, just like a word of warning to the wise, when you overthink this, like it takes you on this ridiculous mind F, but this is part of what we call your personal development. And as you grow to, you know, your next level, it requires a different version of you. Okay, so you bring with you lessons um, with the wisdom and the maturity from what you learned here. And then as you graduate to the next level, like you have to learn new skills, new ways of thinking, new habits, new beliefs, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so that's what this is all about. So let's talk this. All right. When we talk about impact, how do you feel that you make an impact? Are you hinging it, okay? Iron versus iron coaching. Are you hinging it on receiving some sort of validation for the work that you do? Okay, now this is not good or bad or right or wrong. I'm asking you this because once you're able to make a distinction, you start to operate in a completely different space and it's a very, very free space. Okay, now here's what we know. All right, there's a book. Now, I am like, I'm one of them reading people. Like, I believe all leaders are readers. And it's not so much just listening to podcasts, but it's also training your mind to be disciplined on how to read. Reading's a skill. So if you suck at it, like, you got to practice it. Okay, but anyway, I'm like one of these lifelong reader people. And I read from all different disciplines. And one of the books that I was introduced to several years ago, this is going to talk about how you feel either validation or how you feel that you give impact, okay? And it comes from a gentleman by the name of Dr. Gary Chapman, C-H-A-P-M-A-N. And I don't work for Gary. I've never even met the guy, but he's got, he's got a radio show. He's got podcasts, all this kind of stuff. But he wrote this book, many books, but the one that I'm talking about is called The Five Languages of Love. Have you heard of that one? Okay, so five languages of love. You can do, you know, engine search on it, pull it up, and you can even take a quiz about this. But basically what Gary's talking about is that there's five different ways that you as an individual feel love. Now, I know this sounds like it's crunchy for all of my like alpha strong men out there. Ah! Okay, just, you know, simmer down and receive, you just like listen for a second. So here's what they are. Number one, one of those ways that the languages of love, if you will, and everybody has a primary love language and most people also have a secondary love language. Okay, so if you have a few, you're like, it's okay, like blurred lines is okay, but usually you operate primarily in your primary. Okay, so one of them is what we call words of affirmation. So when people compliment you on anything, how you look, a job well done, stuff about your character, okay, that's actually how you feel love. Okay, so it's not good, bad, or right or wrong. That's, that's like how you're made up. Okay, see how that ties into do you feel that you're making an impact? Huh. Okay, another one of those love languages is what's called quality time. Okay, so it's spending quality time with a person or with, you know, certain people uninterrupted, like you have their full attention, and that's how you feel love. Okay, another one is a physical touch. Okay, so you feel love when you get all like huggy and smoochy and cuddly and kissy. Okay. And maybe it's not even to that extent. Maybe even like handshakes count in this, you know, chest bumps and, and 
fist pumps and all that stuff. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we've got words of affirmation. We've got quality time. We've got physical touch. We have gifts. So do you feel loved when people give you things? And it doesn't even have to be like big and fancy. I mean, it could be anything like a little token of something. They show that they were thinking about you and like, that's it. And then the last one is called acts of service. So do you feel loved the most love when people do things to assist you? Open the car door, carry up laundry, go grocery shopping for you, make the bed, do your laundry, scrub the toilets, <laughs> take the kids to soccer practice, whatever. Okay, so those are the five. Now, you usually identify the most strongly with one of them. All right, now for my people who are in service-related industry, how do we unpack this is we take a look at this. Okay, so if we're in the service-related industry and we're wanting to make an impact, okay, and again, what we're doing here is we're creating a distinction in your mind because as you're in the service-related industry, one of the things that can happen is that you lose your identity in waiting to receive validation. Do you see how that can happen? Like it, it comes kind of like a tangled up web, if you would. I don't know if that happens to you. I know it happens to a lot of people. My primary love language is actually quality time. But I have a lot of friends who are words of affirmation. I know, I have like great discussions about this. It's kind of cool. Like when you understand a lot about yourself and then you take that same information and you look at the people with whom you're having relationships with, and this could be personal or professional relationships, it helps you to have wonderful and thriving and healthy workable relationships because now you see, well, holy shit, maybe I am a healthcare provider, I am a trainer, I work in a service-related industry, my primary love language is words of affirmation, but this person over there is one of my clients or my patients or whomever is actually quality time. Holy shit. So it's really like they're not necessarily hiring me for results. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they're lonely, but their, their love language, primary love language is quality time. That's how they are. Holy shit. Now I'm bringing this up on purpose, okay? Because when you're in a service-related industry, you still have to bring home some money, okay? <laughs> I know, maybe you weren't expecting that, all right? But we have to bring some reality into this world because here's what I learned um, coming again from healthcare industry. Never at any point in my nursing career did money become the driving force for the paths that I was taking, the main path that I was taking, all right, so whether that was moving towards becoming a flight nurse, moving towards becoming an educator, like money was never, N-E-V-E-R, capitalized, bolded, highlighted, italicized, like the whole nine, never was the leading force. As I started to learn more about money, I took extra jobs working to earn more money, but money never was the leading force. Okay. So for me, I was operating, I believe hundred percent in my calling. I was doing the stuff that I love to do and really not even considering whether or not I was making an impact anymore. I was totally engulfed in it. I was surrounded by like-minded people. We were all about getting better, 
because we were serving the people, but it wasn't like we even needed to receive affirmation from what we were doing because we had like statistical analysis show it like the person lived or died. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't get any, (laughs) it doesn't get any more real than that. You know what I'm saying? Or they, you know, went on to have zero complications or the research studies that we did, you know, contributed to some of the, the models that are used today in cardiac care, in neurosurgical care, neurology care that, again, decrease what we call morbidity and mortality, like sickness, death, complications. Like, and that was because of the research and work that we had put in. So we were like in this whole entire thing. What happens though, again, is that if you operate in your primary love language of words of affirmation, there's a high degree for you to get stuck in this little kind of like cyclone of mud, if you would, where you're not able to make any progress because what's happened here is that there's just been a blurring of the lines and that you're looking to receive that feedback about yourself via the people that you're working with. Now, maybe that's you, maybe that's not you, but I mean, if it is, again, this is not like shame city over here. This is literally like exposing some of the reasons why you're feeling frustrated or stuck or, you know, you're just like ready to throw your hands up in the air because you're just like, I'm not making any progress. Okay. So when you're looking at things from both a personal and professional standpoint, okay, there's like feelings and then there's finances. Okay. They're separate. They don't, they're in like different boxes. Okay. The boxes don't touch. The boxes don't share contents. It's not like there's, you know, a box of resistance bands and a, and a box of, uh, whatever, you know, medicine balls or something like that. And they like the medicine ball, uh, resistance bands are tipping over into the medicine ball box. Like they don't touch like the contents, finances and feelings like they don't touch, but the lids don't touch or overlap. There's nothing shared about them. They're totally separate. So I know oftentimes when you're in service related industries, you feel like I either have to make an impact or I have to make money. And they're not mutually exclusive. What I have come to learn is that it can be that way when you're working inside of somebody else's organization. Because you have cap on how much income you can earn based on hourly wage or whatever the commission structure is, etc., etc., And so when you're sitting down and you're looking at your goals and you're saying, okay, I'm not where I want to be financially. Here's my other goals. I want to be married. I want to have a family. How am I going to support these people within this thing? Then you're feeling, oh my gosh, now I have to give up the thing that I truly, truly love. I really get a sense of fulfillment from it, but now I'm not able to make any advances because, well, I either have to choose impact or finances. Okay. And what I'm here to say with you, and I share this with all of my, my trainers and my, my healthcare providers who go into things like wellness coaching or independent contractorship from some angle is that it's not one or the other. It's yes. And you have to wear your business hat. 
Okay. Usually when you first start coaching with me, I will say to you, you have to make a decision. Are you in this to help people or are you in this to make money? When you operate as a business owner or the person who's in command of earning the money, you don't view help as a business-related entity, okay? You view help or helping as a charitable contribution, okay? Something that you do not expect any sort of kickback for. It's something that you donate. So it could be your time or whatever resources that you have. Sometimes it's money. That's helping, okay? But business ownership, if you're looking to assist an individual, That means you are a stepping stone. You're a hand up, if you will. Okay, so you're teaching them, coaching them, and they also have to have skin in the game. This becomes more more so like a turbine where you have like gears working together. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a difference there. So what I'm inviting you to do is step out of your role. And even if you decide to continue working in a job, if you will, there's no shame in that. Not everybody is meant to be their own boss or be in full-time sales, but there comes a point in time you've got to take command of your situation and decide where are you steering this vehicle. And when you start to get the right sort of like mental training, not psychiatric training, but clarity of your thought and command of the words that you use and command of the, of the words that you listen to, that you will really start to put up some firm structures and realize, holy crap, I'm in a lot more control of this whole show than what I've given myself credit for. But here's what's going on. Here's the backstory. Okay, I could say all darn day that I want to make this impact. I'm ready to also make money. But if my, my primary love language is words of affirmation, well, I'm stuck in this spider web now. Okay, and we're not here to change your primary love language. What we're here to do is expose some of those vulnerabilities that become a liability to you. And at all times, exposure of your vulnerabilities and admittance of those vulnerabilities. And words of that, let me be clear, words of affirmation, it's not a vulnerability in your life. It becomes a vulnerability if that becomes a driving force or the only way that you are getting your feedback is by being in this role. Is that making sense? It's not that it's bad. It becomes a vulnerability if it is keeping you back from making strides because what you choose to do can never be hinged on whether or not somebody affirms you okay very similarly if we were to put this in the language of love if you would even though you have that primary love language, it's not so much that, like for people with quality time, it's not 
Like people who have quality time, if we don't have quality time with an individual, then we tend to feel the opposite of love. It's not hate, it's complacency, it's lack of love, it's absence. Or gifts, very same thing, or acts of service. And if you don't have it, the human way is to actually not feel love. However, God commands us in a different way. What? I know. Okay, so here's what's up, right? I coach individuals. I call this on a comprehensive template, okay? I've, I, I have to. I had people coming to me, really, really, really strong business types who were successful and now they're at the summit of their self-actualization and they they wanted to advance in their faith and I, I don't know even know where it came from it just it just I, I think God you know took me to that place and so I have to bring up the element of God for my people who have faith and who do believe in God is that the the transference is very simple here that if you're finding those things that are holding you back and in this case it could be a love language, then what you do is you simply unplug, if you would, here's the analogy, unplug from the person or the people from whom you think you should get words of affirmation or quality time or whatever we're talking about impact here, and you plug it into God. Okay, you just change the power source. You put your plug into the primary power source. It's not people, it's him. Does that make sense? He becomes the primary. Huh. Something different to try on, right? It's totally different. It's not the way that most people do things for sure. But that's why when you see people who are so rock solid in faith, people who persevere, who make it through ridiculous things, but their faith is so incredibly intact, it's simply that we have this key nugget that God is the source. That's where you plug into. So it really, you are unaffected. And I, this is not saying that you don't have feelings, but you literally become unaffected because you're not hinging your forward progress on external factors. It's actually pretty cool <laughs> because you are so much more buoyant. What ends up happening is you don't have these high and low vacillations in your mood anymore. You become freaking rock solid. Okay? You become much lighter inside. And you become way more productive. You become way more focused, way more productive. You're a much stronger leader. You don't get sucked up in people's, I call them drama logs, <laughs> and you're able to become the stabilizing force that when you're in an industry of service, particularly something like training, coaching, healthcare. I mean, honest to God, most people come to a coach because they need to get their shit together, <laughs> right? You become the stabilizing force. And you, you start to radiate differently. The caliber of individual that you attract goes up higher. You're not attracting the riffraff. I mean, everything completely transforms. 
Okay, so when we're looking at things of impact, and if I can just do one more final uh, tidbit on this, and and then we'll um, we'll close out for for this segment here, is that it, I believe the verbiage, the wording, is to do everything as if unto the Lord. So it doesn't ever say because of a primary love language or to get something back or, or anything like a business negotiation for it. It, it. it commands us to do it that way. And when you start to operate in that space, now it doesn't matter if other people do things that are low level, if other people fall off. You're very clear on your path. You're very clear on your mission. You're 100% clear on who it is that you serve. Obviously, the person or the people who are in front of you, but you ultimately serve God. Okay, and you you just have tremendous, tremendous staying power and tremendous, continuous, unending amounts of energy. Without bonking all around and you're just mad and sad and blah. It's not like that at all. It's the most peaceful space of utmost clarity. It's pretty freaking cool. How's that? (laughs) I know, you probably weren't expecting that. Now this is a podcast, so I'm trying to speak to the masses here and, and draw as many of you in in your own respective sectors as I can. When we coach one on one, this gets detailed for you. All right, so if there is anything, okay, that I can do to be of service to you, to your team, to your agency or organization, helping you get your shit together, making distinctions about clarity and clarity as it pertains to impact, a lot of times staff morale or team morale in service-related industries becomes uh, topsy-turvy, and, and this is the root of it provided that the agency itself (laughs) is intact. (laughs) Unless you're going through like massive mergers and acquisitions. (laughs) I'm laughing because I went through those and man, did those suck. (laughs) They don't have to be that bad though. Okay. But, but there's what I'm saying. Okay. Usually when I work with a team or a group or an agency, I coach the leader first because Nothing is more disempowering, and it was not always this way. I learned this after years of trial and and failure, if you would, that when I coach with the leader, the boss or whomever is the you know the top decision maker there, leadership it, it's a it comes from the top down. And when they know the template that I use or when you know the template that I use, you know exactly what I'm saying to your team, exactly what I'm saying to your crews, and there's integrity between your expectations, the goals that you outline, the vision, you know, where you want to take them, and we do this, you know, as a team, you and I, so that once they're finished, they come out like a workable product, if you would, and you continue their forward progress. 
Whereas in like the early days, I would go into different organizations. And again, I come from work, doing a lot of work within the fire service. And none of this was bad. This was kind of like the flying ignorant times is I'd come in there as an expert on nutrition or even organizational leadership things at times. And because the chief wasn't present or even people on the boards, if we were talking from people from a district or, or the village, oh my God, that there was such a discontinuity of, uh, of expectation that it was like I'd come in and there'd be no teeth in there, right, to really take hold and move the organization forward on the track that we placed them. And I know that they picked up pearls and I, I know that time was not wasted and everything onto the Lord, et cetera, et cetera, but I'm also very committed to lasting results. Okay, so if, again, there's anything that I can do, my coaches can do to assist you in the forward movement of your organization, we're up for organizational leadership coaching. I do all of my own coaching, um, whether it is over the phone. Sometimes I will do it in person, depending on, you know, what the end goal is there. You can certainly contact me directly. Go straight to our website. It's transformationgold.org. The contact us tab is in the top right hand corner um, and then either myself or somebody from my team will contact you within 24 to 48 hours. We're starting to we're starting to get booked for time, which is exciting, but sometimes it takes us just a little bit longer to get back in touch with you so that we can give you the attention that you deserve. Okay, sound great? All right, let's make it a great day. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Thanks everybody. Hey, everybody, we're back for the third part of our impact coaching podcast here. We're talking to our individuals who work in service related jobs and industries. And we're going to finish this episode of impact out on a topic which is called value. What? All right. Now, riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> Are you in the service industry because you like helping people, honestly? Now, I know I told you not to say that in the last podcast, but honest to God, like if I asked you, you know, why do you do it? Is it because that you like helping people? Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. Okay. Great. Have you ever given, though, and given, and given, and given, and given, and given some more, and 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 then somebody else came along, and then you gave to them, and gave them more, and still giving the other people more, and then there's more people, and you're giving more to them, and you're giving more to them, and really what happens is you become like a compulsive giver. Is that you? Overextend yourself way too many directions. And then what happens is you become overbooked and overburdened with all of these commitments that you gave. And now you're cursing yourself and them and everybody who crosses your path because there's only one of you. Okay. <laughs> right. Or maybe you give and you give and you give and not even so much as a thank you. And you can still continue to give, but the giving turns into giving from a place of resentment. Ah, oh, I know. 
I know, I know, I know. I bring that up because you're not alone. Okay, <laughs> I know. All right, I come from a nursing background myself. I know exactly what it is. And in that culture, hands down, we bitch to each other amongst, oh my God, these people are sucking the life out of me. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. And it's, it's, it's part of the culture, do you know? And here's what you need to know when it comes to giving. Now, I'm bringing this into the impact episode because I know a lot of people. We started this out by talking specifically to our fitness professionals um, who really want to make an impact on the lives of the individuals who they coach or train. Whether you're working in a gym, whether you're a coach for a team, uh, even if you're transferring over from traditional healthcare and you're moving into wellness coaching, life coaching, something outside of the traditional Western medicine model, is that you're doing it because you really do want to make an impact on the lives of the individuals whom you serve. But here comes another distinction, <laughs> is that your value does not come from what you do. Okay, your value actually comes from God. That's where the value comes from. Last episode, we were talking about, you know, plugging into the main source. This is a little bit different uh, spin on that on that topic. But when you're able to separate yourself out from there, Okay, my value comes from God, not from my acts of service or what I'm able to do or whether or not this person affirms me. Okay, again, it, it leaves you as a whole person. Whole W-H-O-L-E, not whole like you have a giant crater cut out of you, H-O-L-E. Okay? <laughs> All right, like a whole person. Okay, untouched, unblemished, like completely intact and, and ready to go out there and fight the good fight. But oftentimes what happens is we become addicted givers, okay? It can actually become an addiction where then when you're giving so much, you actually, I think too, it's related to fatigue levels and you're not eating well and you're undernourished, all those things. And you, you just get plain old worn out and you start to give from a place of resentment. Okay. That's not true giving. All right. I have a book, another book for you to read. It's called Transformation Gold. What? Yes. This is actually how Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy was born. It was born from a book written by my brother, Carl, Carl Sen. And Carl is the quintessential opportunity seeker. He is off the chains. I don't think he's ever taken an IQ test, but he should because he's freaking brilliant. He has been, even though he's younger than me, he has been one of my business mentors for years and years and years really is responsible for helping me, assisting me, kicking my ass from time to times on getting off of that standardized healthcare track and jumping into the pool of, of business ownership, independent contractorship and, and different ways of thinking and, and developing financial confidence, if you would. And, um, 
he's got like the best heart. Anyway, he wrote this book a long time ago. He was in a competition. He's in a sales competition. And the the prize was a week-long or two-week-long luxury yacht trip through some tropical area with private chef and the whole nine. And he lost it by one sale. One, and I think when you did the numbers, it was a half of a sale or I don't even know how that worked, but he lost it by just like, oh, that much. And when everybody else, yeah, it was a two week long trip when everybody else was out on this yacht having a great time. It was like a group uh, travel thing for the top you know, income earners, the top salespeople. He was so pissed off, he wrote a book. So he wrote this book in two weeks. It's called Transformation Gold. And really what it is, it's a coaching methodology for individuals who are stepping out into entrepreneurship. And one of the chapters is called I Am Value. And he gave that chapter to me a long time ago because he saw in me a lot of the things that I speak on now. And I believe a great teacher doesn't always tell you exactly where to look. They point out, you know, here's the field and, you know, there it is. And that's what he did for me. And when you look through this book and you read that chapter, you're like, holy shit, we come from a service industry. This is like all of us. <laughs> so in order for us to actually move and, and do something new or different or establish a healthy balance as it pertains to giving, okay, you, you have to start you have to put on a different hat and view things simply from a different perspective. Now, one of the teachers that also helped me greatly in my transition, because I knew I knew myself that I was giving way too much, and it wasn't even just professionally. So by the time everything was said and done, again, for those of you who don't know me, I come from nursing background, and I worked the better part of probably two and a half full-time positions while getting ready for figure competitions and I still was very active with my family in attending whatever weddings showers things of this nature and it was not uncommon for me to stay up sometimes 48 plus hours at a time and you know work crazy night shifts and and double back and do all these things so that I could be you know in all places at all times and there it, it comes at an expense Okay, because when you're you're all out there, you're not protecting your home base. And I certainly was not. And then I'd come home and then I would sleep for 24 or 36 hours at, at a time and then, you know, wake up and then do the whole thing over and over again. And when you are starting to become a stronger commander of your money, this is what I'm going to say from personal experience, you have to show up in a different way. And a more powerful way, you have to start thinking different and, and acquiring you know new and different habits to move yourself to the next level is that I never knew where the line in the sand was as it pertained to money. Um, I grew up in a household, we grew up in a household where we did not have a lot of income as it was, um, but we also did not have very strong financial habits in our household. Now, Truth be told, my stepdad had cancer. It's a very expensive disease, if you didn't know. <laughs> and um, we 
it was, it was like day to day, if you would. I mean, there were times we didn't have food. Um, we actually ran and operated three different businesses in order to be able to keep some semblance of food on the table, but we didn't have food stamps. We had a food pantry. So we had things like powdered milk in the generic, I don't even think they make them anymore, but like the generic label, it was white with black font on it and you reconstituted the milk and we never really had brand name anythings. Um, we certainly did not have produce. We did not have fresh juice. We had Kool-Aid, we had high C and, um, lemonade and we had pop, you know, stuff that is really inexpensive stuff in a can processed stuff, a shit ton of pasta, Thank goodness we're Italian because we were able to, you know, make a lot of different stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, we didn't have a strong base of, of finances from which to draw from. And as you're, when you're growing up, your exposure to those financial habits, you take on those same habits. Okay, now obviously I went on to school and I started earning a higher income and I was in a place that rewarded work and as you acquired more different certificates and levels of expertise, your income did go up. So I was fortunate to that and I worked a lot of extra hours, this, that and the other, but I would like to end on the point as it pertains to giving. What happened was as I started to acquire more income my expenses already also went up. So they went up definitely in terms of housing. When I started out in nursing school, I lived on the north side of Chicago. Um, it was at that time really starting to become very, very heavily encroached with gang activity. Um, there was always shootings in the back alley outside of my bedroom window. And um, I, I got held up at gunpoint one time. I was mugged in the middle of the afternoon. Um, it, so it really, it was not a place that I wanted to stay. And as I acquired, you know, higher levels of income, I moved myself out of those neighborhoods and into the safer ones. Um, but with that, it comes a higher price tag. So you, again, you make more money. And so I I was doing that, but I also was gift giving at higher levels too. So it wasn't just personal expenses were going up, the monies that were going out for expenses on other people, hosting, you know, dinners or bringing things to people's houses or buying or paying for dinner. Like it was this continuous, like outward expenditure of finances. And so for me, I never knew where the line in the sand was because in my heart of hearts, I saw that if you have the resource, then you're supposed to give it. I never knew what the financial, the financially literate person would do. Does that make sense? I always heard things like pay yourself first and create a nest egg, but it really, it wasn't part of my habits. Making sure other people were taken care of, that was my habit. Does that make sense? And so for me, one of the greatest things happened when I was looking for who my next mentor and coach should be. And this was several years ago, and I was looking towards the people who are really renowned in personal development and professional development today, one of whom is Tony Robbins. And Tony was talking about his mentor. And so I thought to myself, 
I got to see who he learned from. And so he ended up learning. He, and say he ended up, he learned from a guy named Jim Rohn. And I started listening to Jim Rohn's teachings on YouTube. Like awesome for social media, right? You can learn so much stuff. And Jim Rohn laid down the, finan- uh, the financial foundation for me to figure out the difference between, you know, not just value, but when it comes to giving, how much is too much? How much is just right? And what he said was, it's not about how much you can give. It's about how much you can give without destroying yourself. Okay, so it's not about how much you can give. It's about how much you can give without destroying yourself. So it's not, you don't even have to cap it on finance. You can talk about that in terms of acts of service. You can talk about that in terms of words of information. You can talk about that in, definitely with gifts, with your time. All of the love languages, like that's how you feel love. I talked about this in the second segment of this episode those love languages is usually that's how you feel love, but it's also how you demonstrate love as well. And so when all of your, your energy or love is going out, 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 but it's occurring at your detriment. Okay. You're literally destroying yourself. And I know that can be a hard pill to swallow, especially if you're a mom, especially if you feel, oh, I feel so bad. Ah!" Okay, but there has to be some sort of line in the sand when you're looking to build a firm foundation. Does that make sense? If you're the driver of the, uh, and the, you know, the, the builder of the foundation, if you would as you guys are, because you're goal oriented individuals, that's what we do, (laughs) right? So I hope that that gives you a little bit of clarity. I gave you some really, really, really great teachers, all right, through all of these segments here. So go ahead. I mean, do your due diligence. Look them up. Do an engine search. You know, tap onto their coachings, into their trainings. I don't need to recreate the wheel. I can point you in the direction that's going to help you a lot. And also do a shameless plug for myself. that If there's anything <laughs> that we can do... My company, myself as a coach, can do to assist you or your team or your organization move the needle forward as it pertains to alignment of expectations regarding impact, regarding giving, regarding value, regarding organizational leadership, getting your brains unscrambled and organized. It's one of my specialties, actually. (laughs) Focus, productivity please don't hesitate to contact us, okay? You can do so simply by going directly to our website. It's www.transformationgold.org. The contact us button is in the top right-hand corner. Drop it down, leave your best contact info, and then either myself or somebody from my team will contact you within usually 24 to 48 hours, okay? Thank you for joining us, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.